dead men walking, slaves to sin. I want to know about being born again. I need you. Oh, Lord, I need you. So take me to the riverside. Take me under baptized. I need you. Oh, God, I need you.
Most High God. No other name, no other name. Hide in the name of Jesus. We lift you up, O oh Father God. We praise you. We honor you, O oh Father God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Have your way, Lord. Take full control, O oh Father God. Saturate this atmosphere, O oh Father God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Have your way, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Nobody like you, Lord God. You're everything to 
agenda, Lord God, have your way, Lord. Do what you need to do, Lord God. began his public ministry in 2010. Thrive Zone Church welcomes Prophet Jordan Bryce. Prophet Jordan Bryce is truly a man after God's heart. After encountering God at an early age, Jordan began his public ministry in 2010, while he was still in high school. He was born and raised in Virginia and currently serves as the founder of JBC Ministries and senior leader of Nova Hub Church. Above all else, Jordan treasures the intimate relationship he has cultivated with Jesus Christ. 
we are grateful to have Prophet Jordan at the Thrive Zone and in our region. Let's give Jesus a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Come on, you can do better than that. Let's give Jesus some praise. Hallelujah. Hey, hey. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Isn't the Lord wonderful? I'm so grateful to be here. You may take your seats. Um, I firstly want to thank um, the angel of this house, uh, Pastor Denise. Can we can we stand and clap for her? Hallelujah. Um, I'm so grateful for her. Um, you know, we connected because we both um, are warfare people. We like to drive the devil out. Um, <laughs> I was um, at the last, me, me and her, we share the same apostle. Um, and uh, a few months ago, we were um, at a, a meeting with, with our apostle. And um, we connected over lunch. And I said to her, and she told me she was from Stone Mountain. And I said, y'all got real bad witchcraft out there. <laughs> And um, and she began to say, yes, I'm very aware. She said, I need to bring you in. And I said, I'll gladly come. Just make sure the witchcraft don't come after me. <laughs> and so I'm grateful to be here. Um, I have a few people with me that I want to acknowledge. Um, I have um, a bunch of spiritual sons and mentees with me. Um, can we um, clap and praise God for my spiritual son, Elder Papa K here. He is the... Um, the, the um, elder over uh the music at my church the worship director and also um my um spiritual son and my admin uh darren Gweekla for him also my spiritual son uh junior um who's my creative director as well we call him ponytail i call him ponytail <laughs> my spiritual sons uh shane and marvin can we clap for them as well and my mentee, Tuan, as well. Can we clap for him as well? Tuan said he feels like laying hands today, so we'll see if that happens tonight. Hallelujah. Um, also, um, I want to uh, come to you and talk to you about a superior priesthood. I want to talk about a superior priesthood. Um, as I was coming down, you know, you, you, some of you know what it's like that it, preach, that sometimes you'll be waiting for God to give you a word. And you'll be waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. And then he speaks to you the last minute before you stand up to minister. And you're like, we could have did this weeks ago. You know, 
We could have talked about this weeks ago, but right now on the car ride, you want to give me a prophetic word. I'm just chilling in you. And so um, I'm excited to see what the Lord is going to do today. Um, are you in a comfortable key that you can play anything in? Um, well, that's a horrible key to sing in. Praise the Lord. Um, I love you, Jesus. I worship and adore you. Just want to tell you, Lord, I love you more than anything. Come on, just, just begin to lift your hands, begin to worship them right there. Come on, come on, just begin to worship right there. Come on, just lift your voice right there. Right there, just begin to worship him right there. Shepanda, just want to tell you. Lord, I love you more than anything. Oh, come on, say, I love you. I love you, Jesus. Come on, I worship you. I worship and just want to tell you. Come on, I love you. Yeah, oh, come on, oh, I love you, I love you, Jesus, come on, say, I worship you, I worship and I just want to tell you, Lord, I love you, yeah, oh, yeah. Lord, I love you. Come on, stand up on your feet for a second and begin to worship the Lord. I love you. Everybody begin to lift your voice and begin to worship him right here. Come on, just right there. Come on. Let me hear you. Come on, saints. Lift your voice and begin to pray. It's not a spectator sport. Come on, come on, come on. Open up your mouth and begin to worship him. Come on, let the sound of the Lord begin to rise in this place. Yele mando ranya mando banana 
Zendera na kondandelelande rikandoya Perebelelande rasepera Potera kaya dora Endelelelande raso Pelelambera kombara Analamelo veliana Obariata Yetera tokoya Melora miemayana Etarakara Spirit of God, come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit, compress, yes, compress, yes, come Holy Spirit, we need your presence. Holy Spirit, oppress, yes, oppress. Come on, say, come, Holy Spirit. We need your presence. We need your prayer. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, oppress, oppress, oppress. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. We need your presence. Come Holy Spirit, we need your presence. Come Holy Spirit, fall fresh, fall fresh. Come Holy Spirit, there he is. We need your presence. Come Holy Spirit. Fun fresh, fun fresh. Come on, say, fun fresh, fun fresh, fun fresh. We welcome you, fun fresh, fun fresh. We need you, fun fresh. We want you, fun fresh. We love you, fun fresh. We gotta have you, fun fresh, fun fresh. Come on, say, fun fresh, fun fresh, fun fresh. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. You will take your seats. Hallelujah. I want you to just keep on. I want you guys to feel free to talk to me. Um, I am very much so. I'm I'm north compared to this, but I do come from backwoods, apostolic churches and storefronts. So um, I want you to talk back to me in this church. Amen. Um, I am a black preacher. Amen. So you want, I want you to re- treat me like a black preacher. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, so let's, let's go to Hebrews 7 and 25. Um, the reason why I'm going to be talking about the priesthood, because the priesthood is indicative to intercession. And one of the main mandates on this house is to be a house of prayer and a house of intercession. Um, Jesus said it this way. He said, in my house shall be called a house of prayer. Um, not a house of preaching, not a house of praising, not a house of prophesying, but a house of prayer. And, um, and I submit to you, beloved, that one of the reasons why we are seeing a deficiency of power in the American church is because we have not taken on the identity that Jesus had for us. And the identity that Jesus has for us is to be a people that are priestly and a people of prayer. Say amen. 
So Hebrews 7 and 25, it reads, um, Consequently, he is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. So the Bible is speaking here of Jesus uh, being our chief intercessor. Yes? Uh, How many know that Jesus currently is sitting at the right hand of the Father um, in a state of intercession. There are many theories as to what Jesus is doing um, in heaven right now. Some people say he's visiting people while I believe he is currently doing that. I've been visited by him. There are some people who say uh, he's uh, uh, going forth in the earth um, and he's throwing fresh mantles and I praise God for the fresh mantles. But the primary assignment of Jesus Christ in this hour since he has ascended to the right hand of the father is to be a high priest that is currently making intercession for us now the bible says in psalms 110 and 4 it says the lord has sworn and he will not change his mind you are a priest after the order of melchizedek now let's deal with that for a second the priesthood that jesus is in is superior now pay very close attention to me because i'm trying to i'm trying to educate you as intercessors because that's your job The priesthood that Jesus is in right now is a priesthood that predates the order of Levi and the order of Aaron. We understand scripturally, can I teach today? We understand scripturally that the Levitical priesthood was established by Moses and Aaron um, in order to be a Levitical priest that served in the temple you had to be a direct descendant of the high priest Aaron you must and Aaron was in the tribe of Levi thus why it's called the Levitical priesthood right now every priesthood everyone priesthood, every priesthood is established after an order every priesthood is established after an order. So Aaron was high priest. Uh, Joshua, not the Joshua, the successor of Moses, but Joshua, the high priest, written in the book of Zechariah, Eleazar, uh, a lot of these high priests, even uh, Eli, um, the, that was the, the, the spiritual father, if you will, of Samuel, uh, even Samuel, who I believe was a high priest at one point. These men were all priests according to the order of Levi or unto the Aaronic order or the Aaron's order. Amen. And so we see that these men had certain powers, certain duties, certain abilities in the earth and in the temple as a result of the order of the priesthood they were established in amen but it's very interesting because david is a prophet and he is the one who wrote the book of psalms mostly um and in psalms 110 david says something how many of the bible says that david was a prophet david wasn't just a king he wasn't just a worshiper but the book of acts tells us when peter is preaching um the gospel for the first time on the day of pentecost he says that david was a patriarch and a prophet so we have to look at the writings of david not only as songs and poems but we have to look at them as prophetic words and I think a lot of times in the body of Christ we look at these things and we only assume that they're poetry or good songs to make worship music in but these things that David wrote were prophetic words that testified of Jesus one of the ways Psalms was able to make the canon of scripture it had to testify to the lordship of Jesus Christ say amen and so David says something very interesting in Psalm 110. I'm going to get back to Hebrews 7 in a second. He says something. He says, The Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. 
You are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. So David seems here to be introducing another priesthood. At this point, the only priesthood that they were made aware of was the order of Levi and the order of Aaron. Amen. So we see here that David says, after the order of Melchizedek, who is Melchizedek? Who is Melchizedek? Are you with, are you with me still? Who is Melchizedek? The Bible says very, something very, very interesting about Melchizedek. The Bible says in Hebrews 7 and 3, he is without father and he's without mother. He's without genealogy, having neither beginning of days or end of life, but resembling the Son of God. He continues a priest forever. So we see here, if we first find Melchizedek um, in the book of Genesis when Abraham comes into contact with him. And it's very interesting because Melchizedek was established as a priest before Moses was ever born. Before Aaron was ever born. Before Levi was ever born. The Bible says Abraham came into contact. I'm going to preach in a second. I've got to lay my foundation and teach. Uh, but, but the Bible says that Aaron comes into contact with a man by the name of Melchizedek. And the word Melchizedek means king of Salem or king of Salem. Yes, he was the king of Salem. Um, and uh, the word um, Melech in the Hebrew actually means king. Yeah. Uh, and so, so we see that he was a priest and a king at the same time. Melchizedek was a priest and a king at the same time. Now, it's very interesting. Most Jewish scholars believe that Melchizedek was the first king of Jerusalem. He was the first king of Jerusalem. It's actually said that when Abraham went to go sacrifice his son and the ram was provided in the thicket of the bush, he named that place Jehovah Jireh. He named that place Aire or Jireh. Yes, Aire. Pay attention to what I'm saying. Aire. He named that place Aire or Jireh. Yep. And the, 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 it was said to be that that is the same place where Melchizedek ruled Salim or Salem. I want you to put, and so when they were naming Jerusalem, they named it Aire Salim. Jaru Salim. So Jerusalem was named essentially after Jehovah Jireh and the place Salim. You know what I'm saying? So it was the place where the priesthood was birthed. It was the place where the priesthood was birthed. And one of the things, I just want you to me pause for appropriate preaching. I believe that God is renaming Thrive Zone Church. I believe that God is changing the identity of this ministry and he's changing it from just a regular church. I'm not saying you're a regular church. Your identity was there to be a regular church. But God is naming this church to a place where the priesthood will be birthed out in Stone Mountain, where the priesthood will be birthed out in Atlanta. God is establishing another order of the priesthood in this house and he's raising up intercessors. Now pay attention. I told you I'm going to preach to you in a second. It's a prophetic word. God is establishing his priesthood in this church. Yes. Um, the Bible says that he is without father, without mother, without genealogy. Meaning that Melchizedek has to be eternal. He has to be eternal. His priesthood was established before Aaron. The Bible even indicates that Levi... 
actually paid tithes to Melchizedek while he was in the loins of Abraham when he gave his first offering. Which even deals with the subject of tithing and offering because we always get caught up, well, this is legalism, uh, this is the law, you got to get tithe and offering. Tithe and offering was established before the law was ever established. Did you hear what I said? It was established, we should take an offering right now. But like, like, like tithes and offering were established before the priesthood was ever established. Now, the Bible says that Jesus, we, 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 we oftentimes get it confused, we think Jesus is high priest according to the Aaronic order. But actually, Jesus is not technically qualified to be in that order. Why? Because he is technically not a direct descendant of Aaron. So in order for Jesus to be high priest, he has to be priest according to another order. So going back to my friend, a a prophet David, the Bible says that David says, you are a priest forever. According to the order of Melchizedek. The purpose of the law, can I, can, I teach, can I teach today? The purpose of the law was to do three things. It was to show the weakness of the law of Moses as it compares to the law of grace. It was to point to the ministry of Jesus as high priest. And it was to give language to the, to the New Testament believer as it pertains to what intercession is supposed to look like. Yeah? And so, so the Bible says, David says, he said, he said, you are a priest forever. Now earlier... In this same chapter, David says something very, very interesting. He says, my Lord said to my Lord. He is, he is talking about a conversation that was taking place between the Father and Jesus in heaven. David being a prophet, not just a psalmist, but a whole prophet, was peering into eternity as he was singing the song of the Lord. And he was observing a conversation that the father was having with Jesus. He said, my Lord said to my Lord. It's very interesting because in the Jewish mindset, they didn't have the full understanding that God was triune in nature. We didn't get the concept that God is triune until we came into the New Testament and we saw that God was in heaven and God was on earth at the same time, you being used by God, the Spirit. You hear what I'm saying? And so they did not understand that God was triune. But David said, I saw two celestial beings having a conversation and he had enough common sense in the Spirit to recognize that that's my God, and that's my God as well. He says, my Lord said to my Lord, my Adonai said to Elohim. That's what it says in the Hebrew. Adonai said to Elohim, come and sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. So in other words, the inferiority of the Levitical priesthood always put them in a state of defeat because the law would crush them due to their own humanity and deficiencies. But in the priesthood of the Christ, in the priesthood of Melchizedek, we don't pray or intercede from a place of defeat, but we pray from a place of victory. He said, come and put your, just sit my right hand while I make your enemies your footstool. So in this priesthood, Our enemies are now under our feet. We reign from a place of victory and not from a place of defeat. We don't contend up, we contend down. Why? The Bible says this, we are what? Seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. So, 
Can I continue on? I'll prophesy in a second. Calm down. So, the Bible says that Jesus, essentially, David's prophesying of the coming of the Messiah. And he says, you are a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. Why is Melchizedek's priesthood and Christ's priesthood greater? It's called the law of first mention. Melchizedek's priesthood was established before the Levitical priesthood. The Levitical priesthood has an expiration date. It ended upon Jesus. But it was a new priesthood was established through the work of the cross. Now, if we are under Christ, and the Bible says in 1 Peter that we are kings and priests, it's very interesting. The first person of the order was a king and a priest. The current leader of the order of Melchizedek is a king and a priest. That's why 1 Peter says you are a royal priesthood. Why? Because you govern from the place of kingship and priesthood. You govern from the place of kingship and priesthood. I find it very interesting that Jesus technically originated out of both of the tribes for these people. Pay attention. The Bible says, obviously, that he was from Judah. And technically, Jesus was not bloodly related to the Judah tribe. Because Joseph was not his earthly father. But God had a promise to David to birth the Messiah through his bloodline. But it was lost to the disobedience of the kings of Judah. So as a result, he had to take away the promise yet still fulfill the promise. So Jesus was not blood related to David, yet he was still called the son of David. Because he put Joseph in the, in the mix. You hear what I'm saying to you? I don't care what level of disobedience you have exhibited. God still has a way to make sure that his promise, it may not look the way it originally thought it was going to look, but God still has a way of inserting his will into your life. So the Bible says, it's very interesting. He was a part of Judah. But Mary, is very interesting. God caused People to break their, their tradition just to get the Messiah in the earth into a family. Because within the Jewish tribes, it was tradition that you would marry somebody in your tribe. But I find it very interesting. Joseph was from Judah, but Mary was not from Judah. How do I know she was not from Judah? The Bible says that she was cousins with Elizabeth. Elizabeth married within her tribe a man named Zacharias. Hear what I'm saying? Zacharias was a priest in the temple. Meaning that Zacharias was a direct descendant of Aaron. So meaning Jesus was from Mary and Joseph at the same time. He was born out of a tribe that was predestined to be a priesthood. And he was born out of a tribe that was predestined to be a king. Hear what I'm saying? He was formed to be a king and a priest. It was his inheritance. Can I teach? Now, if you're just worried about getting your blessing, this message has nothing to do with you. But if you are interested in becoming like Jesus and demonstrating who he is in the earth, this one's for you. He said, and my house shall be called a house in prayer, a house of prayer. He was not talking about the church. Because the church is not the house of God. 
You hear what I said? This building is not the house of God. You are the house of God. Every time you see the temple in the scripture, it is indicative to the coming of a people who would be filled with God. Do you even know? Let's look at the let's look at the language. The Bible says in the temple there was an inner court, an outer court, an inner court, and the holy of the holies. The outer court is where you brought the sacrifice, but only the high priest could go into the holies of holies. Pay very close attention. It was a three-part building. You are a three-part being. You have a body, a soul, and a spirit. And only one person can get into your spirit. It's the high priest, Jesus Christ. Only one person can step into your spirit. It's the high priest. You are a depiction of the temple of God. This is why Paul the apostle says, he says, Know ye not that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost. When Jesus died, the Bible says that the veil ripped. What does that mean? The holies of holies was now opened because the Holy Ghost escaped from that inner, from that holies of holies and he went to come live inside of your holies of holies. The person dwelling behind the, 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 the curtain, the, the veil to the Holy of Holies was the person of the Holy Spirit. That's why it was so easy to offend him. Have you noticed? It's, the Holy Spirit is the most offendable person of the Godhead. He is the most, matter of fact, uh, 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 most traditions believe that, that if you walked into the holies of holies and you were not clean, you would drop dead. It's so very interesting because, you know, we see the Holy Ghost, he is the most easily offended, not in a weak way, you hear what I'm saying? Because he is the one who brings honor to God. He is the most offendable person of the Godhead. This is why if you blaspheme him, there's no, there's no forgiveness. Now, let me deal with that because I know I used to struggle with this. I know people in here have struggled with this. Have I blasphemed the Holy Spirit? The scripture gives us a clear outline as to what it means to blaspheme the Holy Spirit. It means to attribute works of God unto Beelzebub, unto the devil. That's why the Pharisees and the Sadducees were unforgivable. Because they saw the power of God. They knew it was the power of God. But they said, this is the devil. That's what blaspheming the Holy Spirit is. You hear what I'm saying? And so they dishonored him in that way, and that's what disqualified them, yes? But, 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 but uh, going back to my original point, Jesus is high priest, and he is king. Now, can I continue on? Jesus. Amen. So the Bible says, let's look at how Jesus demonstrated his priesthood. Am I going too long? Am I okay? The Bible says... Hebrews 5 and 7. In the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverence. So this is the ministry of Jesus. We see Jesus executing his priestly authority um, by way of loud cries and tears. Now hear me. There is a difference between prayer and supplication. You as priests, as intercessors, need to understand that. There is a difference between prayer and supplication. Prayer is the Greek word desis, 
which means a petition, a prayer request. And supplication is the Greek word hikateria, which means the idea of approaching for a favor and entreaty. Now, let's deal with those two words. So we have prayer, which means to come um, as an entreaty. It is, the, it is the, the desire to stop something from happening. That's what real prayer is. You as a priest are able to offer God prayer. This is what Aaron moved in when he was the high priest. It was a picture of the coming of Jesus. The Bible says that when the plague hit Israel, the children of Israel, that, Aaron, that Moses told Aaron, go get your censer, which is a whole other message itself. But, but he says, go get your censer. And the Bible says Aaron went and took the censer and stood in between the living and the dead. The high priest stood in between the judgment of God and those who had not yet been judged yet. And the Bible says he offered up an incense and it appeased God. And it stopped the plague. This is what Jesus did at Calvary. The cross stood in between the living and the dead. It stood in between. So this is a picture of what the ministry of an intercessor looks like. What a priest looks like. My job is to stand in between eternity and time and to stop the judgment of God by appeasing him with prayer. That's my job. Intercessors are superheroes. We're lifesavers. We hold back the judgment of God. That's what I mean. I'm a, I pray. So it, it, the, 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 the spirit of prayer pulls on what we call the mercy of God. You know, mercy and grace are two different things. Grace and mercy. Grace and mercy. You don't even know what those mean. God, give me grace and mercy. We don't even know what they are. So, 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 so prayer pulls on the mercy of God. But then there's a thing called supplication. And supplication means to approach one for a favor. It means to approach one for a favor. In other words, now, in, in the New Testament, we've been given grace and mercy. Now, so what does that mean? Mercy says that I'm not going to hell. Mercy says you're not going to give to me what I deserve. You know what I said? But then entreaty means to approach for favor. That's the manifestation of grace. So not only do I not go to hell, not only do I not get sickness and disease in my body, but also I get more than what I expected. You hear what I'm saying? So now I get to get filled with the Holy Ghost. Now I get to pray in the Spirit. Now I get the presence of God. Now I get to move in the supernatural. Because not only is He holding back His judgment, now He's releasing His favor upon me. So as a priest, I don't just get the mercy of God, but the favor of God is mandated to me so I can do what is impossible for anybody else to do because I am a priest. I'm a priest. Someone say, I'm a priest. I feel that. I'm a priest. Someone say, come on. I'm a priest. I'm a priest. I am a priest of the Most High God. I don't have time. Lift your hands. Hallelujah. If I ever get invited back, I'll come back and talk about Aaron. The Bible says that he, Jesus lifted up supplications and prayers. Then he said, the Bible says that he used tears. Tears are one of, actually one of the purest forms of intercession. One of the purest forms of prayer. 
God says, well, you know, we ought to pray, but the Spirit of God make it intercession through us for groanings and moanings. They cannot be uttered. You have to learn how to let your tears do the talking for you sometimes. Some of you are way too logical and intellectual. Way too logical and intellectual. You think you always got to figure out what you're saying. But the Holy Spirit understands the sound of your tears. He understands what your, te- your groaning that you cannot utter, yes? The pain that's on the inside of you, he understands the pain. You know, I was raised by a woman in, in prayer. My grandmother, she's an apostle of Jesus Christ. And I remember I would sit with her and she began to groan in prayer and moan in prayer. And, and, and I used to think, well, I, does God even understand what he's saying? But he understands your inner groan, yeah? He understands the tears that come down from your eyes. And he will answer according to what's going on in your heart. And the Bible says that when Jesus was teaching the disciples how to pray, he said, your father knows what you need before you even ask it. And so I believe there are people in this room that God wants to raise up to understand the different dialogues of prayer keep your hands lifted and pray in the spirit I'm almost done lastly 